I'm Lieutenant Joe Pangaro. I've been a cop for 27 years. I like to say I got a backstage pass to life. Well, guess what? I got some tickets for you. So come on in, pull up a chair, turn up that volume, and let's go. Chasing Justice is on. Good afternoon, everybody. And I am really happy to be here. It's been a while. There's a lot of changes going on here at America Out Loud. All changes for the better. Obviously, this voice, this platform for freedom, free speech, the American way, is growing by leaps and bounds. And all of that is thanks to the very hard work of the America Out Loud team and all of you who tune into all the different shows to hear all the different hosts, read all the columns, and to really value free speech and what it means to be an American. Now, we can all disagree on any topic. There can be disagreements on everything. It doesn't matter. The reality is that we have to be able to talk about it. We have a right to free speech. We have a right to listen to those we want to listen to and ignore those we don't want to hear. But we all have a right to speak. Now, it doesn't mean people have to listen to you. But this is, I have said how many times, go back and look in the archives, and you should go back and listen to the podcasts, uh, all the podcasts of our show here, and many of the other ones on the network as well. But if you go back, you will see that I have described freedom of speech as the linchpin of all of our other freedoms. If you, if you don't have the ability to speak your mind, if you don't have the ability to question, if you don't have the ability to hold uh, government accountable by asking questions, by making a speech, by saying something that you believe, then all of your other rights and freedoms disappear. Now, I wrote an article recently and it should be up on the platform. Uh, and it's about this whole idea, this concept of revolution. You know, we hear a lot about this for the last couple of years in private. We've heard about it. We, you know, there's radio and TV ads. Uh, make sure you have your survival food because we all know what's coming, right? Well, there's been a lot of that talk, a lot of that individual conversation by people that it just feels, everything feels wrong. Everything feels wrong. This is all coming to a head one way or another. It has to because we, this is unsustainable, this stress and this, this terrible pain we have in our country. And that article, I think, trying try to put it together, put some thoughts to it. You know, uh, I'll get into that in a little bit more in, in this get-together. But I think one of the things that really captures all of our attention, or it should, was the fact that our system is built so that we have a chance as individuals to vote for ideas and people that we think will do best for us and our families and our nation. Now, sometimes our population gets tricked by slick ads. What do they say? That uh, money, money is the mother's milk of politics. So if you have a horrible candidate, he or she would absolutely destroy the country, but they have more money than the other candidates, they'll probably win. And you say to yourself, why is that? Why, why could that possibly be? Just because you spend more money to tell nonsense stories or nonsense policies that you have, you think people would be able to see through that. And I think one of the things that we see pretty clearly in our lives is that people don't necessarily see things clear. They don't research. Here on America Out Loud, I think many of the people who listen, who listen to the different shows and try and stay up on things, pay attention to what's going on in the world. And that paying attention helps, gives you some insight. 
into what's real, what's not, what's fake news, what is real news, and what is truth. And for those who don't, pay attention. I think those there's a huge number of those people. I'm not going to say that they're stupid, uh, but I'm saying that they, they consume information differently than maybe we do here on America Out Loud, where we compare things, we think about things. I know I've taken you through my thought process dozens of times. How do I look at something and decide, what do I think about it? How do I break it down? Often, that's what I do here. I ask questions, not to tell you what to think, but to offer you insights in how I'm thinking about it so that you can think about it. And that's a really a, an absolutely amazing thing. And, and that's really the, the, the huge value to all of us for this America Out Loud. And uh, big changes here. I'm sure you're going to see it all on the website. It's absolutely amazing. And we're only going to get bigger and stronger as we go down the road. So I wanted, I wanted to make sure I mentioned that. I think the symptom that I'm looking at of this lack of information, uh, this, this danger to our democracy is clearly in the fact that media, most media has chosen one side. They've chosen the liberal side, the progressive side. And for whatever reason, they think that's best. Now we can go into the, the hundreds of different ideas. They don't realize that the, the, the road that they're on, that they're trying to take us on, this socialized American form of socialism or whatever it is that they think is going to be so much better than capitalism and, and the system we have, rule of law, they think it's going to be so much better because it would be more fair, it would be more equitable, it would be more correct. Well, we have to look around for examples of this. Has that, how's that, has that worked out? It has never worked out. What works out is individuals working for their interest, for the interest of their families, um, sharing resources when possible, buying and selling resources to help each other run businesses and all that kind of stuff. And as we go forward, the examples that I see of our friends on the left that are damaging to our country, that are damaging to everything that we're trying to do here, is becomes more and more obvious. Now, a lot of people do not like Donald Trump. Okay, Donald Trump looks like he's going to be the uh, Republican nominee for president. He's a former president. But when we look at how the media and those on the left, all the way from, uh, you know, state senators to governors down all the way down to the dog catcher, uh, how society is treating Donald Trump uh, is a clear example of how we have lost our way. So since the essence of our freedoms of Americans is to choose the route we want to take. Remember, we the people, right? We the people is, is the whole concept here. And when we see what's happening to Donald Trump, the fact that as a former president, they, they recoiled whenever he used presidential power. They, they tried to stop him at, at every possible uh, movement that he made, anything he did, they immediately went to court and they found liberal judges who would stop him from doing his job, his legal job. He's president of the United States. What we have seen during his administration was absolutely devastating to American freedom. Now, our friends on the left like to say that Donald Trump is a threat to democracy and the MAGA people are a threat to democracy. If they take over, it's going to be a, I don't know, it's going to be horrible. It's going to be like the Nazis. Well, 
if people aren't paying attention, if they're only casual consumers of news and information, if they only get it from the mainstream media, uh, if they only get it from TikTok, if they only get it from these limited biased areas, then they very well may feel that way. They may believe that that's true. But so he, let's look at this. The man was president for four years. Did he go around rounding up people that didn't agree with him? Did he go around uh, destroying people's lives? Did he go around locking up his enemies when he could have? He absolutely could have. No, he didn't do any of those things. But when we look and we see who has actually done these things, we see it is our friends on the left. They are using the courts. They are using the power of government to go after their enemies. They are using the rule of law and twisting it. They are twisting the Constitution. They're ignoring the Constitution when it suits them. And then they blame uh, Trump, Trump followers, the MAGA people, conservatives, as though this is what would happen. When we look uh, historically, when conservatives are in control, the country does better. The country is stronger. The economy is better than when our friends on the left, progressive socialists, are in charge. So the attacks on Trump during his administration, even from his own party, which is something that the Republican Party is going to have to come together at some point and have a reckoning for all of the rhinos in the party, the people who are really uh, progressive socialists hiding under a Republican banner, because maybe in their district, it's, it's much more progressive and their ideas, they have to mo moderate them, I guess, to be elected. I guess it's true, but it's a problem. And the Republican Party has to figure out who the hell it is, right? Because right now it is not a clear alternative to the Democrats. The fact that Biden has the lowest presidential ratings of any president, uh, even though that the, the economy is horrible, no matter how much they tell you it's great, right? right? If you tell a lie enough, people will believe it. Where'd that come from? Um, but if we see these things, and the fact is the election were held today, oh, Trump would win. I don't know that he would win. I don't know that he would win. I think uh, at the last moment, I think a lot of these people have have agendas beyond what's in their best interest, what's in the best interest of their country. I don't think they see the dangers that we all face uh, as a nation. Um, and I, I don't think they see the dangers of what's taking place with what's happening to Trump uh, as a as an example of what could happen to anyone who goes up against the, uh, the mainstream uh, political thinking, whether it's on the right or on the left. So during Trump's uh, own uh, first term, immediately there was a lie that came out, this lie of this Russian collusion. And it's been proved now it's a lie. He did not collude with Russia. The Russians didn't help him win the election. People which just were horrified by the idea of a Hillary Clinton presidency. She may be a, a, a big figure in the Democrat Party, and people see her as this progressive icon that uh, needs her turn, the first woman and all that. In reality, people didn't like her. She's not very likable, uh, and her policies were not very convincing that w what she would do. But this lie came out, came out of her campaign. Now, she was aware of it. Bill Clinton was aware of it. Everybody in her campaign was aware that it was a lie, and it was pushed up to the media, who the media then immediately jumped on the whole idea that Trump colluded with the Russians, 
we saw the rhinos in the Republican Party immediately step back from him instead of demanding a, a complete and thorough investigation of finding out where this came from. We saw the intelligence agencies lie and jump in on this. We saw these people on TV, these talking heads, going on and on and on about it. It's very obvious that there's a connection between Trump and Putin. This is why this happened. And they went on and on. And we saw this man derailed, derailed. But in spite of that, in spite of that, that derailing that they were trying to do to him, this lie that he now had to focus on uh, with all of his uh, resources and everything uh, instead of governing the country, he still created the greatest economy we've seen in many, many, many years. Our country was very, very strong. He made the NATO powers do what they are supposed to do. You know, we're over there with, with our troops and our money protecting Europe, and Europe's not protecting itself. Uh, even right now in Ukraine, we're over there we're spending hundreds of billions of dollars to protect the Ukrainians, and that may be a good thing to do or not a good thing to do. But where are all the European countries? Why are they not sending billions of dollars to Ukraine as well as troops and everything else and saying, hey, enough is enough? The table is being set for an unbelievable tragedy, calamity, and maybe even a third world war in Europe. Uh, but America is supposed to fix it. No, and Trump held them to account. You will, you will be involved. Uh, otherwise, we'll leave, right? So he did, he did many, many very good things. The tax cut that Nancy Pelosi said was crumbs for everybody else, crumbs for people, but for the rich, the rich got it. Like Nancy, you know, how she had uh, all that money her and her husband made for insider trading. Um, the, the tax cuts lit the economy on fire. It was booming. Uh, it was absolutely amazing. We had our own fuel, right? We had our own energy. We were a net exporter of energy for the first time in 70 years or so. Things were very powerful. So you cannot like Trump. You can dislike him, but you can't, you can't honestly say that what he, how he governed was bad. He didn't round people up. He didn't go after his enemies like we see his enemies doing. So they came up with this lie right out of the bat. And all these left-wing politicians got on board with it. They, and I have to uh, think that, especially on the intelligence committees, they knew it wasn't true. But they pushed it, and they pushed it, and they pushed it to derail him, which really just derailed the country. It didn't derail just Donald Trump. Then, what else did they do? Oh, then they had these impeachments. They had not one but two impeachments. Now, the lesson here for those of us who are more conservative on the right and for the Republican Party is to see how our friends on the left wield power when they have it. And even when they don't have it, how they wield power, how that, that connection to the media is extremely important because you may not have the power when you're out of power. You don't have the Congress right now, but you can certainly uh, push your message, repeat your message, circle the wagons, stay within your message. And then what does everybody in the media do? They just repeat it so that the average person that's not informed, like most of us, who just hears things on TikTok or from MSNBC or from one of these other left-wing outlets, they just get talking points that, that they don't follow up and they believe. I can't tell you how many people will throw these talking points right back at you um, recently, recently. Now, I'm not going to mention his name because I don't mention private people's names in conversations, but I was getting a haircut, what's left of my hair, and I was getting a haircut, and this, this man, probably in his very early 50s, 
uh, has cut my hair several times, and he seems like a very nice guy. You know, we go in, we talk about the world, and we talk about, you know, the holidays were coming and this and that. And this time he's cutting my hair, and he says, you know what I'm sick and tired of hearing about? I said, what's that? He goes, people come in here, and all they do is talk about politics. I don't care about politics. Do whatever the hell you want to do. And I had to agree with him. I said, you know what? You know, unless you're set out to have a conversation on politics, leave it alone. Nobody cares. Do your thing. Everybody do their thing. You know, you know my philosophy on this. Right? And then he goes, but I got to tell you, I'm no Trumper. You know, I'm not a Trumper. I'm not one of these guys who's a Trumper. And I said, oh, well, you didn't you didn't like the economy? Oh, well, you know, uh, I don't think the economy was that great under him. I, I think, you know, he did all these, but he was colluding with them Russians. Now, this is years after it's been proven that he didn't collude, that it was a Hillary Clinton lie. It was a Democrat lie. It was a left-wing progressive lie. But this guy still believes it. He still believes it in his heart that Trump actually colluded. Uh, and then he would say, well, the guy's, you know, he's, he's terrible with people and he yells at people. And you know what? He, he, he was, he's going to lock up all his enemies and put him in prison. He could have locked up Hillary. He could have went after her for, the, for what she did. He could have had the Justice Department chase her down for uh, wiping out her emails, for hiding things, for having a server in her own home that was, according to intelligence uh, experts, definitely was hacked by foreign governments. But nothing happened to her. There was, a, there was another uh, example of uh, power on the left being invested in Hillary. Uh, and we remember uh, Director Comer, uh, Comey coming out and saying, uh, uh, no prosecutor would prosecute this. And they wouldn't go after Hillary, but they turn around and they impeach Trump over a phone call. They run a scam um, Russian collusion activity. They had a special prosecutor appointed to go after Trump who came out and said there's nothing there. He couldn't find anything, couldn't charge anybody with anything. So it all came out to be a lie. But we see our friends on the left give an example of how to wield power. They circle the wagons, they keep on message, and they pound away. What I don't like that they do is that they will ignore the Constitution when it suits them. They will ignore the rule of law when it suits them. They will make things up when it suits them. Now, I'm not saying people on the right don't do similar things. Don't get me wrong. Right now, I'm just talking about the real problem uh, of why we're having a hard time moving forward and our country is in such a mess because our friends on the left do wield power and they do have the media. Two very, very important things to get that message out because not only are you have your partisans who maybe know something is a lie, like the Russian collusion, they know that's a lie, but they go along with it anyway. Uh, Adam Schiff coming out, he had absolute smoking gun proof and he never had to produce it. He just had to say it. And then people quoted that. Adam Schiff has proof. He has proof. He has proof. He never had proof because there was no proof. There was nothing to prove. Trump didn't collude. But that message was continued, and then the media pushed it out there every single day. This is it. The walls are closing in on Trump. It's over now. He's going to be this and that, and it's going to be, we're going to see how he's connected to the Russian. And that never materialized because there was nothing there. But the average person, and I, I want to borrow a phrase from uh, the great Rush Limbaugh, uh, the low information voters, uh, he would say that the low information voters, they do go by sound bites. They do go by what their friends say. They do find things on social media, and that's what they know to be the truth because they really just don't know any better. And they come up with these things that are 
untrue, and they, they push that narrative over and over and over again. And we've seen that. And that's what we've seen. Now, this attack on Trump throughout his entire presidency, uh, right to the very end, right to the very end, this whole uh, January 6th insurrection, uh, except for the fact that no one was charged with insurrection. No one. No one was charged with insurrection. There was a trespass. There was destruction. There was assault on officers. All of those things which we have said are absolutely horrible. They should not have went into that building. Right? You don't go into the United States Capitol building. You don't. That's trespass, criminal trespass. If you destroyed things, then it's criminal trespass and criminal mischief. If you punched a police officer, that's an assault on an officer. You get locked up for all that, and you have to deal with those consequences. But it was not an insurrection, and it was not led, cre uh, created by Trump. When we, when we look back on this, because there has been no, there's been no real review of what happened. There's just one side, the media side, the liberal progressive side uh, who pushed this. And anyone who disagrees with that is labeled as a uh, insurrectionist as well. You know, and they're still locking people up to this day, showing up at their house, knocking on the door, taking them away. You know, we have photos. We've just identified you were in the Capitol uh, area that day. Uh, so we need to talk to you or we're going to lock you up and drag you away. Right. All of these tactics and the symptomology of going after Trump with lies, with our media, with our politicians, with our intelligence groups, all of that is symptomatic of a loss of freedom. It is the encroaching uh, waves of tyranny. And our friends on the left are perfect when they're messaging coming out that Trump's the one. Trump's going to take things away from you. He's going to lock you up. He's going to ruin the democracy. In the meantime, right in front of our faces. We're seeing this take place every single day. And it's not the Republicans and the MAGA people and the Trump people who are doing this. It's our friends on the left who are following their natural instincts of totalitarianism. That's because that's where they, I got a totalitarianism, right? I'm stumbling on that word. But that's, that's their playbook. Now, does that mean that's the playbook of the millions and millions of people who identify across the country as Democrats that have voted Democrat their whole life? Family? No, I don't think it is. We've been down that road, too. But I think a lot of them are low information voters. You know, they, they believe these lies. They want to believe the lies. They don't like Trump for whatever reasons uh, that they have. And they're willing to swallow all of this uh, whole as though it's really true. And it's it's you know, it's really bad in spite in spite of the facts. So now they're, they're, he was not charged with insurrection. Uh, he was not charged with anything related to that day. Matter of fact, they impeached him on that, and it turns out it was not guilty. So the one trial that they did have about anything to do with insurrection, he was found not guilty. Now, that means he didn't do that. Now, I've heard, I've heard, I heard the speech. I think some of you are heading down to the Capitol uh, to peacefully make your voices heard. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what we are supposed to do is to make our voices heard, right? When our friends on the left make their voices heard uh, and they're, they are angry about something or they're upset about something or they want some kind of a change and they burn and loot and destroy and, and kill people, well, it's, that's mostly, mostly peaceful, right? And that's overlooked. These people went down there to make their voice heard. They should not have gone in those buildings. Absolutely not. They should not have assaulted the police. Should not. But we don't know a lot of things about there. There was, I, there was another, I'm trying to think of where the report was the other day. Uh, there was some former FBI people looking at this and they're saying, we still don't know how many FBI agents were undercover 
in that area. We haven't seen all the film. Now, when you see the film, it kind of contradicts the idea of people trying to take over the government. That's an insurrection, right? The people that went into the Capitol went in there marching around with flags and looking at stuff and walking through the different rooms and anybody that damaged anything, they should not have damaged it. But they weren't. what are they going to do? Uh, take command of the building um, and then demand that uh, President Trump turn over the the uh, the football, you know, the nuclear cut. We are in control of the government now. Does, did anybody think that was really going to happen? No. So it really was not an insurrection. It was a, a riot. You could say it was a riot. You could say it was uh, trespassing. You could say it was criminal to go into the building. You could say all that. That would be true. But it was an insurrection. And that's why no one was tried. No one was convicted of insurrection. But our friends on the left have used that repeatedly because low information voters will hear that and say, well, he's an insurrectionist. And now we are seeing this playing out further and continuing where we see these uh, left wing politicians in different states like Colorado. They make a determination on their own that based on the 14th Amendment, uh, Trump is an insurrectionist. He led an insurrection and therefore he can't be on the ballot. Absolutely absurd because the president takes an oath to uphold the Constitution and he is the number one law enforcement officer in the country. And when our immigration laws are very, very clear about coming into this country illegally, improperly, uh, the president has to take action to stop that. President Joe Biden is not stopping that. He's encouraging hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people to come here illegally, cross our borders, not following our laws in any way, shape, or form. That is an impeachable offense, you see, because he's not following the Constitution and he is charged with following the Constitution. That's what he's supposed to do. So I guess you could go someplace uh, that's very conservative, like uh, the state of Florida, and say, you know what? We've decided that... Uh, President Biden has committed uh, uh, an act of uh, criminal act against the Constitution, and therefore he's not on the ballot. We're throwing him off. That would be inappropriate for the state of Florida to do. There are laws. There are things that are set up to determine what an insurrection is, who an insurrectionist is. And it's not up to the states to determine that and throw somebody off the ballot. So that's going to come to the Supreme Court. And hopefully they're going to jump on this sooner rather than later, as the days are ticking away to make sure that uh, I think in the state of Maine, Trump was thrown off the ballot and in uh, Colorado, he's thrown off the ballot. Now, there, there's a stay on, on the Colorado one, uh, giving the court, uh, Supreme Court a chance to jump in and have their say. But if that doesn't change, that is not only a symptom, then that is an absolute destruction of our uh, constitution if we if we allow that to, to continue on. So we're going to take a break in a minute. We're going to come back. I have a lot more stuff to talk about. I do want to tell you, you know, it's as we move through uh, our lives and we want to stay healthy and everything, everybody's talking about being healthy and getting healthy and staying healthy. Uh, the Healthy Cell products, they're all over the network here. They are excellent. You should take a look at them. Uh, I use the uh, Immune Boost but there's also the REM sleep product and there's the focus factor product that's going to help you think clearly as we go forward. So maybe you're a new listener and maybe you are a low information person and you want to have higher information. So you come to America Out Loud to get informed and to, you know, solidify your opinions on things. So try the Healthy Cell products. They can only help you. All right. We'll be back in a minute with more. 
Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Today's high-stress, on-the-go lifestyle makes it hard to stay heart healthy. Lifestyle changes like exercise and diet are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support three aspects of heart health, cholesterol, blood pressure, and triglycerides, with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill, it's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients. You would need to take 13 pills to get the same amount of nutrients in each gel pack. And these great-tasting gels come in a small packet. Tear off the top, shoot it down, or mix it in water. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. The Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with Oxy Powder. It's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas, bloating, and occasional constipation. There's a reason why Oxy Powder is our number one seller. It worked. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. AmericaOutloud.news is beaten to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, troubled, misled, joyful, and thankful. We know you because we are you. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Okay, here we are. We're back again. All right, so I, I think continuing this conversation is important because we're heading for an important election. And I know every election, everybody says, oh, this is the most important election that's ever happened. But this one, I think, really is. We, we have reached a point of 50-50, 49-51, whichever direction it comes and goes. But our, our, very, our very form of American government is 
is at stake. The, the traditional America, as I've said before, I don't think we can go back to that ever. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I would certainly hope that the country would have a change of heart and would see things differently and would decide that, you know, okay, we might not like the orange man or whoever else comes, but a conservative leadership team will certainly make the country stronger in the face of all the threats we now face. Uh, a conservative team would help us become energy independent again, no matter who the leader was. That a conservative leadership team in Washington would make the economy strong again, the nation strong again, because that's historically we can look to the record and see that that's what happens uh, under conservative, real conservative leadership. All right. So the symptoms of this decline uh, we were talking about in the first part of our get together here was looking at the attacks on Trump and how they're still continuing. I think there are several other states out there that are also looking to have him removed from the ballot because he's an insurrectionist. Uh, well, none of that is true. And it's just not true. He's not an insurrectionist. Uh, when he was in the White House, and here's how I'm going to look at this. Uh, he made calls to Georgia to try and change their laws, which he was charged with. What he saw was what he believed to be uh, improprieties in the votes, the counting, however it went. He saw improprieties in that. And he believed that that impropriety led to a defeat at the polls. So he reached out to the governor to say, not manufacture 11,000 votes that don't exist. Don't lie about it. He really wanted a proper recount, a, re, a make sure that the votes were cast legally, that they were not faked. Now, we know there was improprieties in the voting all across the country in many different places. Stuffed ballot boxes, uh, gathering votes from elderly people, uh, envelopes that were not signed, that were not filled out properly. I mean, things that by law you are not to count, but they did count them. So whether there was massive uh, fraud that cost Trump the election or whether it was, you know, he actually lost because people wanted to go with Biden to try Biden for whatever reason. It was never given a full review. So, he lost in court every time. This means it didn't happen. No, that's not what happened. See, because we're not given a full understanding. The courts turned things down without looking at them, without demanding uh, recounts, without demanding ch changing who, who used what ballots when they shouldn't have uh, to reverse that. The courts didn't want to get involved in that. So they denied, uh, we're not, we're not going to look at it. We're not going to do it. That's what happened, right? Trump didn't make his case, and they said, see, it didn't happen at all. No one actually investigated it. And as we see over the past several months, though, uh, as they are investigating now, now that we're safely out of the area, we're heading to the next election, we see that there are places that are invested. What did I see the other day? Was it Atlanta? In Atlanta, there was 11? Or, or, I, I forget the number. I'm sorry. It was a high, very high number of votes, maybe as many as 20,000 votes that probably shouldn't have been counted, but that they were. And, well, Trump lost by 11,000. So if those votes were all for Biden, then he would have won Georgia and that could have changed the election. And that's the kind of thing that should have been looked at. That's the kind of thing that should have been prepared for for this election. You know, we've had four years to make sure that the votes are legitimate, that we have a safe and secure voting system so that we can all be confident, no matter who wins, that that person won legitimately and there were no shenanigans going on. 
but we haven't done that again. Now, election after election after election, we talk about this, but nobody does anything about it, which you have to say, if this is such a big problem, if this is so potentially earth-shaking, changing to our democracy, why aren't our politicians doing something? Why aren't, why aren't the rhinos lining up on Capitol Hill demanding that we fix the election system? Nobody's doing that. Nobody's doing that, right? So you have to say, who does that benefit? Well, either one, there's nothing wrong with the system. Or number two, the fact that many people out in the country feel there is something wrong with it, it should be fixed. It should be clarified. Now, each state is allowed to make its own rules about voting, even though it's a federal election. And I think I'm a state's rights kind of guy. So I agree with that. The problem is when you have a state that's run by people that maybe don't mind twisting the truth or don't mind lying or doing something uh, corrupt, then you have a problem. Now, that can be any state, any of the 50 states. Uh, that can be anywhere in government. That can be judges. That can be anybody that can do something corrupt to make things come out politically the way they want. So how do we, how do we make sure that that doesn't happen? Well, first, we have to recognize that it is happening and that nobody's doing anything about it. And why, why do we keep voting for the same people? Why do we go out and vote for Congress has, what, a 9% approval rating? And when you talk to people, say, they're all, they're all bad, they're horrible, but not my girl, she's great, not my guy, he's great. And then they just, that's why the incumbents stay in and they stay in power for 30, 40 years, right? So I'm, I'm, getting, off, I'm getting off track here. Um, the reality of watching what they're doing to Trump should be a dire warning to every American that, you know, if you think that government cannot control every single thing about your life, you're wrong. Now, let's think, would the founding fathers, would they have anticipated this? And of course, if you research and you find they did, they, they expected government to get out of control. And that's why they put the checks and balances in place. But the checks and balances only work if we abide by them. Right. So let's look at the, the Supreme Court now. OK, the Supreme Court, our friends on the left, they don't like that it's a conservative court. Now, for years, it was a liberal court. We got all kinds of liberal decisions that many people didn't care for. But that was it. That was the court. We saw back in the FDR time, uh, he didn't like the way things were going. He was going to pack the court if the court didn't do the right thing and the court didn't want to get packed. So they voted in favor of things he wanted. And we saw how that worked out. Well, now we have our friends on the left doing the same thing. They're not in control of the Supreme Court now. So the decisions are not going their way. So what do they want to do? They want to make the court illegitimate. The court's illegitimate. We got to throw, we got to, we got to put extra people in there that think like us so that we get good decisions as though one decision is inherently correct and the other is wrong. Now, I, I happen to think that there are some good decisions and bad decisions. So I'm not going to argue with myself on that point. But the reality is, I do think that conservative things are better for the individual, for families, and for the country. Does that mean that we cannot learn from our progressive friends and find ways to get along better, to be more tolerant of each other, to understand each other? No, I think we absolutely have to do that. That's a good and decent thing to do. But to have our friends on the left governing the country, you see where you are today. It's as simple as that. 
you can argue about it all you want. The country was better off under Trump. The country was better off under uh, George Bush. The country was better off under Ronald Reagan. The country was better, better off under Eisenhower. You, you name it. You go back, the conservatives. You, the country is better off that way because of the policies, because of the policies. Now we see the court being attacked, the Supreme Court, and the whole idea that they're going after Clarence Thomas now. Now, Clarence Thomas is a very conservative individual. I think he's an excellent justice. Uh, but they go after him, even though he's an African-American. Could you imagine if you went after uh, uh, one of the liberal uh, justices that were a person of color? The, the whole world would, would shut down that you're a horrible racist. But you can go after Clarence Thomas because two things. One, he's very conservative. Number two, he's a Catholic man. So therefore, you can really go after him. He's a Christian. So they're trying to attack him. And what are they trying to say? Well, his wife voiced some of her own opinions that she thought the 2020 election was stolen. That was her opinion. And I'm paraphrasing. Uh, that's, the, that's the concern they had, that she voiced these opinions that it was stolen. So therefore, we see our friends on the left losing their mind. How do they get rid of a vote from a conservative guy? In the, just like what they're trying to do to Trump, take him off the ballot so you don't have a chance to vote for him so they can control the election that way. They want to get rid of Clarence Thomas. He should he should re, re, recuse himself. He should recuse him. He shouldn't vote on on, on these things that are coming up, uh, and in particular, I think uh, some things on January sixth, some court cases about January sixth are coming up, and because his wife said that the election was stolen, he should recuse himself. Because how is he supposed to do this? Now wait a minute. Time out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought we had reached a point of enlightenment where husbands and wives can have their own opinions that they can believe individual things may be different from each other, that no one person should control the other. So what we're trying to say, what they're saying here then basically is that because his wife might have that belief, she would put undue pressure on him to make him believe that too, which I don't believe. I don't think that's true. I think he's got his own opinions on things and she has our own opinions. And that, my friends, is how they tell us it's supposed to be, right? Husbands and wives should have their own opinions. The husband shouldn't make the wife believe something and the wife shouldn't make the husband believe something. Everybody's their own belief. So this whole idea of making him recuse himself is to get a vote away from the court. That's all it is. And this is an argument that they make. And then, you know, now his ethics and his this and his that they're going after everything they can. They ignore ethics in every other circumstance, but in the circumstance where they want to get rid of a conservative uh, vote, uh, then all of a sudden these things are important, right? So we can look around. Now, politicians, clearly politicians are unethical at times. Not all of them, not all of them, but many of them are unethical. They act in their own best interest, their own personal best interest, their familial best interest, uh, and not necessarily for the country. They worry about getting reelected to their really cushy jobs uh, more than anything else. It comes down to, well, if I vote for this, it might be the right thing to do and the people in my district might want it, but if I vote for it, I, oh, I, might, lose, I might lose donors, I might lose, I might lose my cushy position, so therefore I'm gonna vote against it so I can stay in power, right? This is a corruption. This is part of the, part of the problem we have. We need good, decent men and women to go to Congress, to go to the Senate, to be in politics, who are willing to stand on principle, who are willing to say what they're going to do and then go do it. 
Clarence Thomas has shown to be a brilliant jurist. And the fact that he's African-American, I think, is fantastic because it shows a, a, a diversity as diversity really has value because we're all in this together. So the fact that he's a conservative guy and he's brilliant and he's African-American, I think, is awesome. I think that's great. There should be a lot of pride in all of our communities over Clarence Thomas, that he's an American who has risen to the Supreme Court, just like each and every one of the other justices. You know, we should have pride in all of our communities that we're represented there. I think that's great, uh, as long as they're brilliant and they, they know the law and they can interpret correctly. It doesn't matter, you know, who they are, the color of their skin or their background. But in this case, they want to get rid of him because of his vote. Uh, if he was a liberal, they wouldn't go after him. They wouldn't care about his ethics. They wouldn't care about going to going on a friend's boat. They wouldn't care about any of that stuff. And the proof, the proof that's in the pudding is that right in front of us, we have crystal clear information that President Biden and his family have been running a corruption ring for many, many, many years. The evidence is right out in front of us. And these same people that want to remove Clarence Thomas. He better not vote on this. He better get out. His wife said this. These exact same people ignore everything that's come out about President Biden and say, well, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. There's nothing there. There's no truth to any of that. There's no, there's no evidence. There's no evidence. So you see, this is where we're headed. This is why we are so split. So I was given examples earlier of uh, the the symptomology of going after Trump, lying, all these. Uh, remember the the fifty one former heads of uh, what was it? Uh, the intelligence agent signed this signed this petition that says uh, this letter that says yes, the the laptop is fake. The laptop is fake. The Hunter Biden lie, it's fake. It's Russian disinformation. Well, the FBI at that point already knew that it was real. They knew it was a real Hunter laptop, and they knew the information on there was real. But these 51 guys signed this letter anyway. That's a corruption. They're corrupt. They knew it was not true, but they did it anyway to paint the narrative. Joe Biden used that in the uh, debate, didn't he? Oh, that's been debunked. 51 people signed a letter that our intelligence agency said it's all a lie. When at that point, Biden himself knew it was true. The FBI knew it was true. All of these people knew it was true. And they lied. And the media jumped right on board and suppressed it. Big tech, uh, the big social media sites, all jumped all over it. Now, the symptoms continue. Elon Musk, who comes out and buys Twitter at a great loss, took a great loss financially to himself, but he bought it and he changed many, many of the uh, rules and regulations they had for uh, fake news and deplatforming conservatives. 90% of the talk was uh, fake information was the conservatives. Remember the whole COVID thing? Remember COVID? Yeah, this. if you take this vaccine, you won't get it. If you take the vaccine, you won't die. If you take the vaccine, you can't give it to other people. Uh, did that turn out to be true? No. No. Now, I, I give credit to the fact that we were scared to death. We, it was something new. People were dying. People died all over the place. But this vaccine didn't do what it said. Matter of fact, it caused more harm than we know. Doctors, doctors, medical people that were willing to come out and say, listen, I see a problem here. This isn't right. They were silenced as disinformation people. They weren't allowed to speak. You were only allowed to have one point of view. And that point of view was the government point of view. 
And if you went against that, you lost your job. There were people here in New Jersey. We, I was just talking with my wife the other day, remembering this. There were people here who they had a, a weightlifting business or a workout business. And they said, we're not closing down. We are not going to shut down. We're going to go open our business. And they were arrested several times. And they have criminal cases because they, they, op they dared to open their business because the government said, this is a pandemic and you have to stay home. And it changed. It fundamentally changed our country. And it wasn't true. And we're finding out now that the vaccines don't work. You can be vaxxed 52 different times and you can still get it. You can still pass it on. You could still die from it, right? So all of these things combined uh, are, are symptomology of, of, let's ask, let's ask the question. Are all of these things symptoms of increasing our freedoms and our rights and our liberty or decreasing our freedom, rights, and liberty? Well, if you're honest with yourself, if you're honest with facts and you get off your, your, your uh, partisan uh, horse and you stand on the ground and look at the facts, you say, well, of course, it's diminishing your rights. It's diminishing uh, your liberty. That's what all of these things are intended to do. Suffocating speech that they don't like, not that it's true or not true, but that they don't like. It goes against the narrative, it goes against the agenda that they want to push. So therefore they call it disinformation, lies, and everything, and then they criminalize it. And they want to come after, they want to criminalize your speech to speak up. Now, you can come out and say anything you want. People are free to listen, and they are free to agree with you or disagree with you. Do their own research. Find out if you're a liar or if you're telling the truth. But the fact that they want to silence people, and it's really only one side, of the spectrum they're trying to silence because they're in control. Uh, it shows you just another example of how our friends on the left will wield whatever power they have. When they have a court case that they want to go a certain way, they make sure it's steered to a court uh, where a very liberal justice is sitting so that the court case comes out the way they want. It's predetermined. All of these things are damaging to our freedom and our liberty and to justice and the Founding fathers knew that this is the creeping hand of government across all time. That is why America is exceptional, right? Because they saw these things and they tried to put things in place to protect us from basically from ourselves. But it's this day and age. Can you say, do you feel more free? Do you feel safer today than you did before? Right? So one of the big things that's going to come up in this election that's probably going to trump everything. And, you know, that's funny ever since Donald Trump came along and you say it's going to trump it and it makes that expression a little a little funny the the one thing that's going to stand very strong in this election is whether or not uh, people are allowed to abort their babies that's you know your everything else your speech they're willing to give up free speech they're willing to give up energy independence they're willing to have a, a weak economy willing to have a weak military as long as they could still go out and abort their babies and that, I don't know where I don't know where that places us on the morality scale. I get the whole idea. It's you know somebody else's body. They want to do what they want. I get that. Uh, but at the same time, that seems like a simple thing. You know, stand for life. Stand for life. Uh, let the baby live. Uh, somebody will adopt the baby. It, it, it's a baby. It's not a disease, right? It's not a disease. You're not going to die because you had a baby. It's a baby. It's an innocent little baby. And the fact that we've lost our 
ability to see that very, very basic thing that life is so important that we're willing to destroy our entire country and our freedoms over the ability to end the life of a baby in the womb. Now, I don't want to get into a whole lecture about abortion. I think each person has to understand it for themselves. Each person has to look to their center and determine what they think is right and wrong. Each person has a right to any opinion on the topic that they want. But I think it does speak to our moral values and how, how they have gone down with everything else. And that is part of the, the demise and that has led to this split in our country that is so powerful, so powerful. And that's what makes this upcoming election so extremely important. So I wanted to tie all that stuff together as we move forward together uh, to understand the stakes that we have. You know, it, it was one thing when you could sit and you could talk to someone and you could make your opinion and you could give your facts and you could argue back and forth. Can we really do that anymore? Can anybody actually go out there and is anybody persuadable, right? Is anybody persuadable to go, well, here's a different set of facts, right? And let's look at it this way. Hmm, maybe you're right. Now, I don't know. I guess there are. Um, recently, I heard a statistic uh, that there are in, in Delaware. There In Delaware, I think there was 30,000 people switched from the Democrat Party registered as Republicans, now, at the same time, 10,000 Republicans switch from Republican to Democrat. So I think people can be persuaded, but I, I don't know what they're being persuaded with. You know, if uh, recently I was asked um, about a, a company I was part of, and the owner said to me, if you ran this whole thing, what would you do? If you could make any choice on the direction of the business and the budgeting of the business and employees and the goals of the business and all everything. If you could run this whole thing, what would you do? And of course, I, I started to create a plan, you know, my view of what I would do with this business. And it's based on my experience. It's based on my moral code. It's based on uh, my core values as a human being and with the intellectual understanding that businesses have to make money. So that's how I would make my decision. If the same thing happened today and somebody put you in charge of the country, you are in charge of the country right now. You're in charge. What would you do? What things would you change here? Right? How would, would you go with the no bail, bash the cops, weak military, weak economy, crime running rampant? Um, is that what you would go with? Or would you go in a different direction? Would you say, no, our neighborhoods, every neighborhood in America should be safe for, for children, women, men, elderly people to walk their streets without getting raped, robbed, or, or bashed in the face for fun because somebody thinks it's fun to bash somebody in the face when they're not looking, right? Uh, would you want the world to respect our country and maybe not do some things negatively that we'd have to respond to and go fight and lose our blood and treasure? Would you want to have energy independence so that we can, we can expand our economy and everyone could reach their goals and be what they want to be and do what they want to be in life? Wouldn't you vote for those things? And that's what it comes down to. You know, if you understand what are your core values, what are you all about, what do you want for you and your family? And there is clear, distinct, different ways to get those things. And it comes down to the policies of each side and which way you're going to go. So that's that important. 
We need to think about that going forward. So I wanted to get that out here today. We're going to talk about that more as we go on. It's going to be a crazy run uh, to our to our next election. There's going to be, I predict, uh, tricks. There's going to be uh, all kinds of other attempts to take Trump out because they can't beat him at the at the ballot box. So they're using the courts. They're using laws. They're bastardizing laws. They're twisting the Constitution. I think that's going to continue, and I think it's going to get worse. And it's not good for any of us. No matter what side of the aisle you're on, what you're watching is not right. And it's going to come back to bite us because if we can do it to Trump, we can do it to the other side. Now, that brings me, focuses me a little bit when I say our friends on the left, how they behave when they have power and when they don't, as opposed to the Republicans. The Republicans don't know what to do with power. They have no idea how to fight that's one of the problems that many people have, uh, is that they, the Republicans don't know how to fight. They don't stand up and fight. They don't take a, a stance. They don't, uh, they're worried about being popular. They're worried about the media being nice to them. They're worried about uh, their next election and what they're going to do. And that's a problematic situation for our entire country. So we're going to talk about all those things as we go forward. But look at the symptoms that are going to pop up in this next year. Watch how they haven't fixed the voting and watch how they're going to try and set it up to make the best of it. And just like in, in a criminal investigation, you follow the money to tell you who did what. Follow the votes. Follow how things are going to go. Follow where the power is going to go. See who stands up and who doesn't. Right? We have a, a lot of primaries coming up. Vote your conscience. Go out and vote your conscience. Who do you think is best to lead this country? Right. Uh, I have my opinion. Uh, I think there are a lot of good candidates on the Republican side. I like Ron DeSantis a lot. I think Ron DeSantis is the future for right now. I mean, somebody else could come up that was, was that's great. Um, but right now, I like him. Um, I like Donald Trump. I, I like them all. I think any of them would be vastly better. Uh, than Joe Biden or anything our friends on the left can produce because they're just going to produce the same policies. Open borders, no energy, weak country, weak economy, weak morals. That's what they, that's what they offer. And if that's what you think is good, then that's what you vote for. You know, if that's how you want to live your life. I don't think that's good for us and for our families. And that's why I bring some attention to it. So I want to thank you all for being here. I'm always thrilled to have a platform to run through my thoughts and have things to say. And I am really grateful to America Out Loud and the great Malcolm Out Loud, who has made this possible for all of us to have our voices heard. And it's more important than ever. So remember, as we say here all the time, be a part of the solution, my friends, not a part of the problem. We will see you down the road.